Good you care blood, ain't you? We have such sights to show you. It's alive! Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Here's Johnny! Hello, and thank you for joining us for another night at Camp Blood. My name is Steven, and here again, I guess... Is Alicia. Thanks! <laughs> So today we're finally, finally going to finish the Scream series, which we should have finished in April or May. But due, but due to a personnel change, um, <laughs> since 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 Trish and Joe are gone, we I was putting it off, hoping that they would come back, and they aren't coming back. I guess so. We're gonna finish it on our own. So it kind of sucks because I didn't want there to be a gap, but I guess it's poetic because there was an 11 year gap between Scream 3 and 4. So I guess it's poetic that we had like a few months. 11 years? 11 years. Seriously? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about that. Um, so yeah, we're going uh, to jump into this. And before we do that, of course, we're going to listen to the trailer for the movie. Anniversary question. What is your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? One generation's tragedy is the next one's joke. What is your favorite scary movie, man? I'll show you. This week marks the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro murders. Local celebrity victim Sydney Prescott chose to return to her hometown. Welcome home, Sydney. Watch the preview of coming events. What do you want? Who is this? He's trying to do ghost face. I'm standing in the closet. Liar. Dewey! What's going on? It is not public information. It's all over the internet. It is? killer out there patterning his murders after the original movie. It's time for someone new to die. The unexpected is the new cliche. And virgins can die now. Does that mean that I'm not going to live as long as these two? Clearly. To be the new version, the killer should be filming the murders. Dale! Dale behind you! Go ahead if you have the guts. Not to implicate him. He can't kill Sydney. She's victim royalty. Not true. Sid's expendable. Point taken. Guaranteed third act main cast bloodbath. Fingers crossed on some nudity for a change. Time for your last question. Name the remake of the groundbreaking... Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Dawn of the Dead, The Hills Have Heights, Amityville Horror, Black Christmas, House of Wax, Pop Night, Night Bloody Valentine. It's one of those, right? None of the above. I'll be right back. I know this one, you're not supposed to say that, are you? <laughs> You should have seen the look on your face. All right, so Scream 4 came out in April 2011. I'm not exactly sure of the date, but it was April. Um, just recently, I broke my personal record for how many times I saw a movie in the theater. 
Fuck you, Alicia. I'm so <laughs> sick and tired of you rolling your eyes at everything I say. I'm just saying, really? Fucking there was a reason I brought that up. Because Scream 4 was going to be the movie I was going to try and break my record with. But you couldn't last through that shit. We'll get into it, but I will just say this much. I was slightly disappointed. Slightly. <clears throat> now, I've already said this in the show, but I'm going to say it to Alicia because I don't know if she knows this. But Scream is a very special movie to me. It sounds goofy. And uh, when I say it changed my life, I know that sounds goofy also, but it's true. And the reasoning behind that was because when I saw the first movie, uh, it got me into horror movies. I hated horror movies before I saw Scream. And I didn't even want to watch Scream. I was just happened to be in junior high when the movie came out, and it was a huge, big deal at the time. And everyone was talking about it. So finally, I'm just like, whatever. What's the big fucking deal? Let me watch this. And because of that, I got into horror movies. Wes Craven became my favorite director. And I got into writing, which I then went on to major in in college. So to say that that movie changed my life, it changed my life. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's why these movies mean a lot to me. That is so awesome. Yeah. That is wonderful. Yeah. And the first one, mainly. The we've first already, one is the best one. We've already gone through the first three, but basically I love the first one. The second one is a good sequel. It's not great, but it's a good sequel. And then the third one, yeah. <laughs> it's that one's just kind of weird, but it's still a decent movie. I'll watch all of them when I watch. I don't remember. Yeah, good job. Which one's the one in her in college? The second one. That is the first thing you always ask me. I'm sorry. Okay, what happens in the third one? Uh, they're making a move. They're making stab three, and people are getting killed off the way they're getting killed in the script. And the killer's looking for Sydney, of course, and she's in hiding under an assumed name. Um, okay. Yeah. Third one had some good parts to it. And it's got McDreamy in it. From Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Patrick Dempsey. Lover boy. McDreamy. Lover boy. That's what they call him on the fucking show. No. Can't buy me love. Lover boy. Those we're are... Ta- we're talking about Grey's Anatomy. I'm talking about McDreamy. His... Obviously you're not. He can't <laughs> buy me love. Yes, he was the nerd. Okay, anyway. So this was... Directed by Wes Craven, which he directed all of them. This was his last movie before he died. So he went out on Scream 4, which... I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, his last three movies were not good. He was dying. Well, Scream 4, we'll talk, we'll get into it, but Cursed was bad. And uh, that's the movie with Christina Ricci. It's a werewolf movie. Okay. Um, And then My Soul to Take, which... I hated the ending of the movie. That should have been so good, and it wasn't. <laughs> I thought that was his his like That's comeback to slasher movies. Coin. I don't even remember. I've seen it once, Did she maybe die twice. At the end I don't the know. I don't remember. The movie is so forgettable. Yeah, there was some weird movie. I just remember it was a killer who killed people on a specific day, and then came back and killed all the the kids that were born that day, or something like that. I can't remember. It was. It, I'm gonna watch it now. Yeah, it it wasn't. It could have been better, but it wasn't. Okay. So, so this movie reunites Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, the three people who are in all of the screen movies, and the guy who voiced Ghostface, who whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, is the voice of Mojo Jojo on Powerpuff Girls. Okay. So. <laughs> um. So yes. This is 11 years after the original movie. 
or I'm sorry, after Scream 3. Um, it, so well, let, let's just get into it. So a movie opens with, I will be honest, the most lackluster Oh my God, so irritating. Of all the Scream movies. The first, so the first, the opening of the first movie is quite possibly one of my favorite, well, it is one of my favorite openings to any horror movie, but I think it might be like my favorite opening to a horror movie, the first movie. Killers calling Drew, Drew Campbell, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. And, you know, torturing her over the phone, yada yada, attacks her, kills her. It's such a great opening. The music, the direction, the writing, amazing. Second movie, we get Jada Pinkett killed, which is awesome because she sucks. Hey! And she does. I like the way she killed her. I, I like the way she died. I'm yeah, sorry. It so was do a long I. Death. I'm so glad that they. I'm so glad they fucking ripped her apart. That's so mean. I hate Jada Pinkett. What the fuck did she do to you? She existed. Oh my god! You know how many men are in love with that woman? Three. A lot. Well, I don't know. She got older. She got three. Older. Will Smith and her two sons. She got two sons. Yeah, she's got that one that nobody knows about. Oh, <laughs> um. Okay, well, this opening of this movie. Hold is on. Stupid. And then we get the third one where Cotton Weary is torturing the phone, yada, yada. That one wasn't that great, but it was decent. This one, however, they tried to do too much, and it just it, it didn't work. Which I didn't understand. Like, okay, the first were the two girls, which was watching, which was a part of a movie of another two girls watching a movie. Yeah, okay, so it opens with two girls getting phone call or talking, you know, talking stupid teenage girl shit. Then they get the phone call, they get tortured, they get attacked and killed. Now, before we go on, this is the bloodiest Scream movie, by far. Oh, it is pretty bloody. Because when the girl from Pretty Little Liars gets their throat slit... She her, I don't like how she died. She just, she's just gushing blood. Yeah, she and what's funny is the original Scream had to be cut down because of blood. So, like, the scene uh, where Drew Barrymore's hanging from the tree, it had to be, like, cut down because you saw her guts hanging out and shit. This just this opening is bloodier than the, than the opening to Scream. I think it's only because it's been what how yeah. many years? At that point, it was like fifteen years since the yeah, first so movie. It's so it's just amazing how much has changed in that short amount of time. I don't know. That's pretty little. Yeah. Know. Okay. Um. So they get the phone call. They get killed, and then oh my god, it's stab seven. <laughs> right, but what I didn't understand was it cuts to two other blonde girls. Yeah, so the other two girls who are Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell are watching Stab 7. And they're talking about how stupid... Well, Kristen Bell likes Stab 7, Anna Paquin doesn't. And they're kind of talking about how much they don't like the movies, so on and so forth. And then... I got excited because I knew who Kristen Bell was. Wow. I'm sorry. She's on the good place. I know her. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they're talking back and forth, and then Anna or uh, Kristen Bell stabs Anna Paquin in the stomach, which was sort of awesome. I liked it just because of the whole. Uh, you didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, I like that how she that, stabbed that, her. Yeah. and she just stabs her. Like yeah. it looks believable. I mentioned in the Scream Two episode that the scene where Sarah Michelle Gellar gets killed is probably one of the most realistic-looking death scenes I've ever seen in my life because she gets stabbed in the back, the knife gets pulled out, and then she gets stabbed in the back. And this all happens in one shot. There's no, like, trick photography. And you're just like... And the way she, like, screams and shit, you're just like, she just got stabbed in the back twice. She's awesome. That's my so, girl. Yeah, that's why she has no career anymore. She's fine with pretty Freddie Prince, okay, and their babies. <laughs> um, so then we... Cut. No, well, that was stab six. And Buffy's coming back. 
So now we have these other two girls, and at this point, you're just like, what the hell is going on? Because you don't know. Because I didn't understand, because the blonde girls, they weren't watching a movie when they went to the other blonde girls. Yeah, they were. Them? Yeah, they were watching, because she, she even says, if the beginning of Stab 7 is the beginning of Stab 6, what's Stab 5 about? Okay, and yeah. Yeah, so then we get these other two blonde girls who, this girl's cute as hell. I don't know what her name is. I knew it was going to be blonde girls in the beginning. See, it's such a stereotype. Like, you, they you, want, you want two black girls? Give me some brunettes. Brown hair. Something. Why do they got to be blondes? There was two black people in the beginning of Scream too. Just saying. And how they died was so bogus. So and she was a racist, too, because all she wanted to do was talk about white people and how, how terrible white people are. Black people can't be racist. We yes, can be they can. We can be and, racial, and, not racist. Anyway, so we get this whole thing where she has this uh, this app that makes it the ghost face killer voice, and I kind of like that. <laughs> so yeah. she calls she calls Marnie, which I love that name, by the way. That's the name of an Alfred Hitchcock movie. And uh, What? Is it Marty McFly? That's Marty, not Marnie. Okay. So she calls her, kind of tricks her, and then something happens where you hear her go, ah, 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 <laughs> on the phone. But I love this part when she's like, fuck you, I fucking got a GPA. No, that I, like, I actually fucking I hate that. that shit, she that was is, smart when she ran. That is not a something you say in real life. Because like, if you're being tortured or you think someone's in your house, you're not going to be like, I have a 4.0 GPA and 137 IQ. It was, the way, it was under the reasoning of why she said it, because it's what he said to her. I know, I get it, but it was just kind of, it's I, to me, it's stupid. I like that. I felt like, and then even when she ran away, she finally was one of those dumb girls running. She actually was somewhat smart. And I also like that when Ghostface is on the phone, he, you actually hear him getting angry with them. Yeah. And I like that because I can't think of another part in any of the other movies where he's, like, getting angry with them. He gets angry with a lot of people in this movie. Not, well, yeah. yeah. But when you find out who it is. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other story. So, uh, Marnie's killed off screen. I think you see her dead, maybe. I she gets remember. tossed through the window. Yeah, okay, so, cliche. And then she's chased through the house, and I love this. So she she gets stabbed somewhere. I can't remember this. this the smart girl. Yeah, she gets stabbed when she runs to a door. He stabs her in the back. Okay, so she's trying to get out of through the garage, and she's on the ground, like pull, oh my God. pulling herself. I love the fact that he closes the garage and paralyzes her. Well, she, I thought she was already basically paralyzed. <laughs> no, she was just because no, she's moving her legs. Oh, I yeah, she is because she's she's. Pulling herself with her hands, but she's also moving her legs. But when she's why do they always run upstairs? Because that's the joke. Do you even understand the Scream series? No, in general, in scary movies, why do they always run upstairs? Because it, they're dumb. But I guess in a sense, if someone's trying to kill you, you don't necessarily think right. Right. In a sense. But that's also the joke. Scream movies are self-aware. They they know that they're horror movies and they're making fun of themselves. Basically, that's why Scream was such a big success. So anyway, okay. So, so she, yeah, he he closes the garage door on and breaks her back, and then he pulls her back in and she's dead. The end. Yes. So Scream Four. One of the things I do like about the Scream movies is I like the opening title. Like usually they're really they're really awesome. Yeah, um, not that awesome. Yeah, well, you're not a fan. Anyway, I am a fan. No, you're not. I am a fan. No, nope. you can't tell me what I'm a fan of or not. Okay, damn it, I said I'm a fan. I just think you're stupid. I'm a fan of stupid movies. Corker Mom is a prime example. Yeah, it is. And I put Scream in that family. So, next scene we have is, uh, ne- uh, I was going to say Nev Campbell. Sydney showing up. Sorry, my son. Not uh, Sydney coming to town. Um, so, she's in town because she wrote a book called Into, Into Light or Into Darkness, Out of Darkness. 
Out of Darkness. Out of Dark, something like that. And she shows up because she's going to be having a um, a book signing. So she's back in Woodsboro, and uh, it's the anniversary, conveniently. Why, why they would schedule her to come back to Woodsboro on the anniversary. Money. To have a book signing. So Money. people... And I don't know where these teenagers got all these fucking ghost faces from um, to hang around the town, but whatever. Um, we also meet her really annoying little uh, assistant, and I don't know what her name is, but she's uh, annoying. Cat Kate, something like that. Something I don't know. I looked it up. I forgot. Um. Well, she gets she gets her. What was so special? But. What was so special about what? Her cover. Like, they talk about her, um... They talk about her screen and how he she had it set up exactly how she would want it. It looks like the original picture of her from, like, the very first movie. I don't know. It's definitely not. Look at the picture. I, it's not. Because she doesn't, like, look like that at all in the first movie. No. She looks... Her hair is terrible in the first movie. But, um... One of the things I can't stand in this scene is when she, she's just like, oh, uh, that's definitely not a picture from her from the first movie at all. Yeah, I'd say it could be from the third movie maybe, but not definitely not the first. But she says something about uh, how she held somebody hostage or something to get something, and then they laugh about it. And then she's just like, <laughs> nice. And I'm like, oh, God, why did you cut before that? It's terrible. <laughs> So then we get to meet up with Dewey, and he's got the uh, Beverly Hills Cop music as his phone ring, which I like that. Of course. Because he's a dork. I guess one Dewey had a weird walk in the first movie. In the second movie. In the first... He was In the goofy. second movie. He gets stabbed in the first movie, severed nerve. Right, but he's fine now. Yeah. Well, stuff like that can heal. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Neither are you. Severed <laughs> nerve? You can't just heal from that. I'm not a doctor, neither are you. Stem cell research. Okay. So we see... Kirby. Kirby, who is Hayden Panettiere. I don't know. Bring it on. But she is so fucking hot. Bring it on. Oh, my God. She's... She's a bitch. I don't give a fuck. She's hot as fuck. And I got stuff to say about her later. We'll get to it. But Hayden Panettiere, she's very attractive. Uh, anyway, she was on Heroes. That's where I know her from. I know from Bring It. Okay, congratulations. She's the cheerleader. Not in the first one. No, she's in the third yeah. one. The fact that there's no, she's more... she's in the one with uh, Beyonce's sister. Yeah, the fact that there's more than one makes me sad. All right. That's so sad. I tried to watch the second one recently, and I'm like, this is terrible. Why not? She, she's in it. Anyway, moving on. We also meet up with... Uh, Olivia. Olivia and... Whoever. Jill. Thank you. <laughs> Jill is played by Emma Roberts. Oh, it's, that's Emma Roberts. Yes, it's one of the only roles that I know of where she is not playing a spoiled rich bitch. And she's okay. She sucks. She's okay. I don't like her at all. And Olivia's very forgettable. Olivia's just there. Kirby's my girl. Kirby Olivia. is everybody's girl Kirby because is she is she's the one that stands out. Yeah, which I to me she should have been the main character. No. Like, just know her personality and just how she was. To me, she should have been the main character. Well, they're having a conversation about how, I don't know, stupid teenage bullshit. And then, I think the killer calls, right? Um, yeah, because they were talking about her boyfriend, Trevor, who's called all of them to get a hold of her. And then the killer calls her. 
And the killer also called Olivia. That's right. But nobody, the killer never called Kirby, which I never understood that. Because they were trying to make it seem like she was the killer. Watch these movies a little closer. I have. I, then I freaking read the damn Wikipedia shit, and that's not what it said. Well, a lot of these, a lot of things where you're sitting there and you're like, why didn't this happen or why didn't that happen? Because they were trying to make you think that that was the person. There's a good example in um, Scream 2. They're at a party. And um, Randy shows up with... It's right after Sarah Michelle Gellar's character is killed. And then Randy shows up with some drinks. And she's like, what took you so long? And he's just kind of like... And just walks away. And it's it never occurred to me. But when I was listening to the commentary, they were just like, no, oh, we threw that in there just to make it seem like he was the killer. Like, where was he mm. getting the draw? Why did it take him so long? Because he was killing so-and-so. I, I will admit that in the beginning, what I really thought was, oh, the Officer Dewey's that girl. Mar- I thought she was a killer. Marley Sheldon. I was for sure she was the killer. I don't know what the fuck. Well, yeah, because they really set that up with the whole. We were we went to high school together, but you don't remember me. Yeah, and just type how she of was, stuff. And everything about how she was obsessed with Dewey. Yeah, I thought it really had something to do with Dewey and Gale, and she wanted Dewey, and she figured if she killed Gale off, and she set it up this way. Like, I got this whole entire plot in my head. Would have been a good plot though, and it would have got off of Nev Campbell. Moving on. So yeah, we meet up with whatever the fuck her name is. I can't remember, and. uh... She hits on Dewey. And yeah, she's she's fl- she's flirting big time with him. Um, You're not cheating, just eating my lemon bars. Yeah, but I would be cheating on my diet. I, that line, the way he says that, just makes me laugh. There it is. Because <laughs> it's just like, oh god, he's old now. He was so young and script the first screen. It's, it's so messed up. Cause so they get. When I see Dewey, I think of the stupid Dewey in the... Remake. Doofy. Doofy. And I just look at him and I'm like, what? Um, so they get called off to the house where Marnie and the other girl were killed. And uh, before we go on, this movie was heavily edited before it came out. So there was actually a whole scene where they show up at the house and they investigate what happened. There, You see the bodies and blood everywhere. And I was wondering when none of that came out. Yeah, like there's photos of it and stuff and it was cut out of the movie. And I think Wes Craven had a cameo then, too. Because he has a cameo. Well, he had a cameo in the first three, and he had a cameo for the fourth one, but it was cut out. So I can't remember what it was. I think he was a coroner or something. So we meet up back with Gail. She's trying to write a book. So if you write, if the other three movies, she wrote a book about all the things that happened in those three movies. So now she's trying to write fiction. She's got writer's block. Bogusly. Um, That's because she's not a fiction writer. She's a news. And now, and I think you get that a little bit of jealousy from her because Nev Cam or Sydney's off. She wrote the successful book and stuff, and she's kind of like kind of forgotten now. Um, so we meet up with all the interchangeable teenagers, whose names I don't remember at all. I, got, I just know there's Robbie and there's the other guy. And we, I forgot. We got the guy with the camera on his head. We got um, Karen Culkin and whoever his friend is. That guy with the long hair. Yeah, Karen Culkin. No, his real name. Yeah, that's his real name. No. That's Macaulay Culkin's brother. No, what's his name I in don't, the movie? I don't know. We're going to call him Culky. Okay, Culky. <laughs> um, and they're the, they're the movie nerds. So they're the, essentially the Randy replacement from the first Scream. And the one guy with the camera in his head is uh, broadcasting that live. Oh, by the way, right there, you missed it. That statue that they stood on, that was uh, Henry Winkler from the first movie. There's a scene, a deleted scene, where you actually see it a lot better. But that's uh, that's the principal that was killed in the first movie. Oh, I see him. 
There's actually a, a deleted scene where it's like right on it and oh, then it wow. pulls away. <clears throat> so we meet up, we meet um, Jill's boyfriend ex. or ex? It's her ex. Okay. And he seems like an ass. Like something about him. Because he's a teenager. He's a good looking teenage boy, so he's an asshole. Okay, but no, everything about him and just his attitude and how cocky he is is an ass. Yeah. Like he comes off as Nev Campbell's boyfriend in the first movie. Yeah. Like just you know, like you him. know how this movie ends, right? Yes. I okay. Do. Which once again, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Yes, it does. But I just, I, I needed him not to be an ass. Well, he is. No, I just needed him not to be an ass. And he's a bully. Yeah, well, that's the teenage lore now. Like every fucking movie that has teenagers in it, somebody's got to be getting, someone's got to be a lesbian, and somebody has to be getting bullied, and somebody has to want to be trans. <laughs> like that's that's what has to be in a teenage movie nowadays. Yeah, you are right. It has to be those. <laughs> so now we go to the wonderful book signing. Yes, and uh, Gail shows up to. Uh, and I couldn't figure out if they were happy to see each other or not. If you watch the other movies, they're really. I mean, they're. It's kind of like that forced happiness. I don't think they necessarily hate each other, but it's just awkward. Oh, I just love when she punched her in the first movie. Yeah, we all love that because Courtney Cox sucks. I don't really like Courtney. I, I've been re- rewatching Friends, and I just don't like her. I don't know what it is about her. I don't like her. But anyway, um, so yeah, they they kind of meet up, but then uh, what's his face? Dewey shows up with the popos. With the popo, he is the popo. Well, he shows up with all the popos. Yep. And apologizes to Cindy for what he's about to do. And he's all like, "Everyone in here's a murderer." <laughs> <laughs> You trace the number of the phone to here. Yeah. They trace the good dead girl cell phone. And he, I think they make they make a call to it, right? To yes. the phone. And the phone comes from <gasps> Sydney's rental car. Which is covered with bloody pictures and a knife. Whistle. Oh, my God. It's Sydney. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I, I wish this movie would have made Sydney the killer. Like, I, I would have really enjoyed that. Just to see her, like... You know, be a victim for so long, and then all of a sudden, just <laughs> she was serial a killer. Victim. She was a victim. She's not a victim. She was a victim. She's not a victim. She was a victim. She's a. We are not victims. Okay, she's strong. She was kicking ass. Yeah, she was. And that's the thing. That's the thing I don't like about people when they talk bad about horror movies, specifically slasher movies, because they're always just like, "Well, it's always the women who are falling down and yada yada." And I'm like, you do know there's this thing called the final girl, and it's almost every single slasher movie has a female protagonist who wins at the end so how is it degrading to women that's what i never understood the reason why it's so degrading to women is because so many women get killed before that one woman grows some balls men get killed too in slasher films yeah but men get killed because they're dumb enough to go look because a girl tells them to go oh okay so the woman isn't dumb for telling the guy to go outside the man's supposed to be like no fuck you you go look no fuck you call now and one Like I'm this, We're talking about white people here, then okay? Then, of course, they cut to this damn school scene. I don't know what high school would have phones ringing like that ever. Uh, he says that they're supposed to be turned off. Everybody in their mama's phone will go off like that, though? You're telling me that teenagers don't disobey the rules? No, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that they don't disobey the rules. But then on top of that, like... I guess this also shows how media and we social be, media... We should be it. talking about the scenes instead of acting like people are actually seeing oh. what we're seeing. So we had a scene where all the all the kids are in class and their phones ring because people are texting them and stuff about 
the uh, the, the murders murder. and of and was it the murders and Sydney Sydney's car or was it just the murders? Just the murders. Okay, just the murders. No, what doesn't make any sense to me though is that is that just also showing how big the internet is at the same time because the news anchors were out there, the teachers didn't know shit. They all got text messages and it got known. I guess I don't know. I didn't write the movie. I was just thinking about how that just went down. Like most of the time, that wouldn't be possible. So, so we get a confrontation between uh, flirt, flirty de- deputy and Gail. Yes, and she treats her little life, but she treats Gail's life too. It's very cute. Yeah, it's very catty over Dewey. Well, it's because she's flirting with her husband. Yes. So, uh, Sydney's at the police station. She was talking to Dewey. 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 And- and then she, and then is that, that's not the scene where she says she wants to go home, that they won't let her go, right? That's not the same scene. I don't know. He goes in there and talks to Gail, who says, we need to be a team. Yeah. I wrote the book on this. I wrote three of them. Yep. And he says, I can't do that. I'm sheriff now. Yeah. And she's mad and tells the the flirtatious deputy lady, their lemon bars taste like an ass. Lemon bars are delicious, by the way. I'm not going to make a statement to that, except for say, okay. You don't like lemon bars? No, never had one. Never had one? Yeah. So you don't know if you like not it. Not big on lemon. It's, it's, it's not like eating a lemon. It's not like you're not going to eat it and be like, oh, God, you know, like no, a sour taste. but taste in general. Uh, you should try them at least once. I think they're good. Okay. Anyway, my mom used to make really good lemon bars. But. Yeah, we know. Okay. Let's go back to this right here. If we make that little statement you're going to make. So they argue together. And Gail storms out. From there, we go to where? <laughs> the, the girls getting interrogated. Well, not interrogated, but they're being questioned about. The, the phone calls. Yeah, because they were friends with Marnie or both of them or something. Yes. I don't know. So that's when Sydney gets um, reunited with her cousin, who is fake happy to see her. And Even this, though her friends have been talking shit about her. What do they call her? I don't know. The death something? The death reaper or something? They gave her a name. Well, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that, too, if... There were three movies of just people being... Everywhere you go, everyone's being killed. Yeah, yeah. Um, this scene has one of my favorite lines, which comes from Kirby, where she's like, uh, the two of them got phone calls. I didn't. She's like, wait, does, does that mean I'm not going to live as long as them? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then Sydney tries to leave, but they tell her that she cannot leave. Because you're a suspect. You're not necessarily a suspect, but the case is still open. I'm sorry. In real life, she'd be a suspect. You open her trunk. It's got the phone that they're looking for. They would have had handcuffs. They had bl- there's blood and a knife. She absolutely would have been arrested. Yes. But because Dewey is her friend, and that's why she should have been the killer. And because she could have totally played everybody for um, them thinking that, she, oh, no, it's nothing. She, she didn't do anything wrong. It's Sydney. And then now they cut to her wonderful assistant who's happy that people are dying because she feels she's going to make so much money. Yeah. She's she's basically like the the new Gail. Yes. She just wants to make money off of everyone's yes. misery. But then Gail sees her and treats her life. And I love that. And says, I still got it. Yeah. Yeah. That, Gail and I love, I love when she turns around and she's like, who? <laughs> she's going to turn around. Oh, yes. So then we cut to... The house. Yeah, so we also meet up with Sydney's aunt. Yes, who? I I think they say it was Maureen's sister, her mother's sister. Yeah, and she seems like she's either still, like, because Kirby makes a little statement of something about Sydney having scars. She's like, well, I have scars, too. And I'm trying to figure out if the ladies are drunk. 
Or what? Is she a drunk? No, I just get the I the way I got it was I mean like her sister was murdered. I don't think that's something that would go away ever. And we're talking like 15, 16 years since it happened, so I think it's still like really but affecting makes, her. But it makes it seem like there's a weird between Jill and her mom. There's something that's not right. I don't I don't get that, but just in the way she's talking, like mom, we're not talking about those kind of scars. We're talking about real scars. Yeah, like that's being a, she's just being a bratty teenager. No, it was something else. No, it was being a bratty teenager. That was not being. You a- dig way too goddamn deep. Really? You, you were like you were like twenty five feet into the ground right now with that. Uh uh-uh. uh It's just you gotta you gotta understand just the irritation of a parent and a child. Okay. That was one of those. You gotta you gotta understand the um the ability thought process of a writer. And if you think about that scene, it's she was irritated. But with they her mom. don't they don't do anything with that then. They do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. We'll get to the scene. Okay, we'll put a pin in that. Yes, we'll put a pin in that. So Sydney talks to Dewey about it being her fault and whether yeah. or not. And I love the fact that he's still like if you watch Scream Two, he quotes Gail's book to her and what page number Everything's on, and then he does it again in this, and I li- I kind of like that that you know they kind of bring that back. Now this scene, if this is the same thing, if this is the scene where Olivia gets killed, right? Yes. One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie because they really play it in a way you think something else is going to happen. So the like, stop looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. It was so fucking predictable. Are you kidding me? Where's Trish and Joe? You can call them motherfuckers. That shit was predictable. First of all, that scene right there was from scene one, from the first fucking yeah. movie. Okay, that irritated okay, me. Okay, first of all, stop. Explain what you're talking about because we're, yes, we okay. are looking at the movie on, a, on our phone right now, but you can't see that. Okay. It's the scene of when Trevor's in the room with Joe. He yes. came through the freaking window. Yes, just okay. like Billy did in screen. Yes. And then halfway through it, Sydney opens the door. Yep. And she's like, you just reminded me This is me not the scene I'm talking about. I'm talking about the scene where it's a little, it's a, right after this yes, scene. Yes, I know. But I'm just saying, <clears throat> this is like a build of everything that's yeah. that was predictable. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a remake, hint, hint, yes. of the the first, of the scene where Billy and, comes in the but window. But Trevor's also an aunt, he's like, you're smaller in person. Yeah, he's like, being a dick. Because yeah. he she interrupted, he was about to get some. He was not. He was about to get some of that sweet, sweet Emma Roberts ass. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, I'm totally being sarcastic. I know. <laughs> I mean, she's not. She's okay. Yeah. But so then they cut to the scene when Olivia comes home and she sees the popos and calls Kirby and old girl. And they're just in bed together. Yes. Making out. Watching that damn movie, which I know you know. Shaun of the Dead. I don't like that movie. So then it's like they so see. Look, if two guys were doing that. I'm just I just want to throw it. So, if, if two guys are in bed really close to each other on the phone. But yeah. well, the thing is, okay, first of all, she doesn't want to come in her house because Sydney's over there. So she doesn't want to come over. And actually, her mom's not home. She's home alone. Right. So then Kirby gets a phone call from Trevor's phone. Okay. Yeah. And of course, it's the ghost face. Why do they call him ghost face? Because he has a ghost face. I- <laughs> so, and ghost face starts threatening or whatever. And Kirby's just being the little super bitch she is. I love it. Like, she's calling him on all the shit. And it's just everything about it is too predictable. Like, as he's saying, I dare you open the closet. I dare you open the closet. There's no way he's fucking in the closet. But you, you knew, knew he, but you knew he was across the street yes. from her house. I didn't. How do you not know I that? don't know. The Who girl's gives a standing shit? on the window in front of a freaking closet. Who gives a shit? When you're you, co- you asked me if it was, why did I think it was so predictable. Okay? I, and, you're, and you're getting heated for no reason, Tanya. I was going to say Tanya. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no. So... 
the thing is, is that when you're when you're caught up, maybe it was predictable. Fine. I don't look that far into the future when I'm watching a movie. Most of the time, if I if I don't see where it's going, then I don't see it as predictable. Now, looking back, yeah, sure, I could see how you think it's predictable. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that when I'm caught up in the moment, I'm not thinking for it. I have never watched one of these movies and figured out who the killer was before the end of the movie. No, neither have I. And I, I know so many people where they're like, oh, I knew who it was. I knew this. No, I knew that. No, 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 no. I will go into these movies and try and figure it out. I haven't seen this movie in I don't know how many years. I completely forgot the ending. So when I saw the ending, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. But this scene alone, just them going, it was, just because I do like scary movies and I like craziness, that it's like a typical scene in a scary. Movie. Well, I knew he wasn't in that closet. I yeah. knew it was, I knew he wasn't in the closet in the room that they were in. But I was expecting him maybe to jump up from the hallway, be in the room that they were talking oh, I about. I, I did not know that he was going to be in the closet of the girl across the street. And the reason why I would say I figured that there's no way is because it was too soon for him to be too close to Sydney. Like it would have been just too much. I agree with you, and like like I said, looking back on it, yeah. But I will also say this. This is probably the most brutal death scene in but any of the screen movies. So do I. I, I. This girl gets fucked up. She gets yes. stabbed in the hand. She gets, like, completely just stabbed to death. Yes. And, and it's like, I felt like she was doing such a good fight. And then I don't understand why they all just stood there screaming. What are they supposed to do? Right, jump, so, jump out the window? No. And, what did Sydney do? She ran. Because she ran. Sydney's been in this situation before. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if you True. were you're watching not, your friend right. be stabbed to death across the street, you might have the at least the thought process to call 911, but you wouldn't have the thought process to go running outside. And what do you, and what did you just say? Why do people always? Right. Why do people always run up the stairs? Why the right. fuck would you run over to the house where somebody's being murdered? If fuck that Sydney, shit. If I was Sydney, but I know my. Well, see, being Sydney, like you said, she's been through this shit three different times before. Right. So she already fucking knows. So and she's trained to kick ass. And I love that too. When he just throw, he doesn't throw her, but he pushes her her body out the window. Yes. And then just comes out, and he's just kind of like almost like he's taunting her. Yeah. And I love that. I love that this movie is brutal, but not like saw brutal. No, but I, I and I do love how they honestly do get to her. Like she doesn't constantly. Like it's not like she just comes afterwards and the killer disappears. I and, love the fact that the killer still attacks her. And this scene where Sydney walks in, you see her look guts? at that. Yeah, yes. guts. Like that in nineteen ninety six? Could not happen. No, it wouldn't have happened. And that is But how did he manage to gut her in that amount of time? I think that's sort of you just stick a knife in something and pull down. But it was just crazy. Like she's in there, he calls her. I love the way he calls her and threatens her. I love that shit. Yeah, he does that in all the movies. Yeah, but I love how she... Let's not forget in the second one. He's like, it's time, girlfriend. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, so I love this... I love her little fight with him, too. Because I feel like they weren't expecting for her to be a fighter. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why she went over to the house. Well, I mean, where did he go? Don't you think he'd still be there? Yeah. That's why I love the scene. Like, I'm like, he's still in the house. Oh, so shit finna happen. Like, I'm waiting for it because I know he's still in the fucking house. So I love this scene because I'm sitting there like, okay, is it going to come out now? How about now? How about now? Like, where's he at? And then this part right here. We're, come on, explain it. People can't when, see what we're looking at. <laughs> when she, her girl, her cousin, is a cousin? Yes. Comes in and she gets sliced in her arm. Now and, this is this is supposed to be just like the scene in Scream Two when Sydney's boyfriend comes running in to save her and all he gets is a cut in the arm, and then the killer runs away. Okay, 
Like, I love the fact that, like, she's kicking his ass and, like, knocking the shit out of him. Because she knows what she's doing now. I mean, yeah. this isn't this isn't Scream 1 Sydney anymore. No. This is, this is post-Scream 3 Sydney. Yeah, so this is like, you ain't seen shit yet. And she's then, like, I'm tired of this shit. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I, I almost have to go watch all of them tonight. But, so, and then her, how her cousin comes out and says, no, don't. Like, and then Trevor just appears. Now, see, what I like, uh, like, I like how they did this because in Scream 2, he gets his arm cut. And even Dewey's just like, it's very convenient how he cuts your arm and just runs away. Because they were trying to set him up to be the killer when he wasn't. That's why I like how they bring it back here. Because then you're going to sit there and be, because if they did that now, without what happened in Scream 2, you're going to sit there and be like, she's the fucking killer. Like, yeah. she gets her arm cut and he runs away. Yeah. But since they already did that and it wasn't the killer, I like how they bring it back. Yeah. Because, spoiler I was, alert. I was for sure it was Trevor. <laughs> yeah, but see, sure. that, that would be so cliche to have yeah. the boyfriend again be the killer. But then we get to meet Anthony Anderson. He's in this movie. Yes. And I'll tell I'll t- Oh, it's not this scene. I'll, t- I'll talk about it when we get to it. But, yeah, he's one of the cops. He's, like, one of the deputies who sits outside uh, Sydney's aunt's house. Um, making sure everything's cool. They suck at their job, obviously. Very much. No, no. <laughs> they, they, they saw him going. They split up to go meet him, and then somehow, I guess, he went into a house. Yeah, but if you look on later, they kind of suck at their job. Yeah, they suck very much at their job. They, they, they. That killer gets in there all the time with them. <laughs> so then what happens is the police come in, and the killer gets away. So that's when Sydney's cousin comes to apologize and says, let's go get your little face checked out because Sydney has a cut on her face now. <laughs> let's go get your little face checked out. <laughs> and, and then Dewey comes and asks them what the hell happened, Anthony Anderson and the other deputy do-dog, and they both explain why they missed the guy. Yeah, Dewey's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? You guys suck. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's okay, okay. And he's like, yeah, but we don't suck as much as you did when you were a deputy. Not at all. <laughs> So now they go, they cut to what? The ambulance pulls off with Sydney, and Dewey looks like, oh shit, here we go again. What here we go again. He's watching the dead bodies come out. We don't need to talk about every single thing that happens in the scene. We just need to go to the. So okay. the, the two movie nerds show up for some reason as another hint that they might be the killers. Yes. Um, and we're at the Woodboro Community Hospital where they've taken Jill? Um, Nev. Um, no, Sydney. Sydney. And this is when Gail pronounced. Oh, that's right, to get her little face checked out. Yes. Gail, yes. So now Gail, Gail approaches the nerdy high schoolers about how they're part of the. Movie club. Movie club. Which, by the way, they call it Cinema Club. I tried to start a film club in my high school, and they told me no. Really? Yeah. That is crazy. I thought I think, every high school had one. They told me no because they said there wasn't enough interest. I'm like, oh, okay. There's not enough interest in movies. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's no. Like, whatever. That movie, just, the film club I thought was about like them recording everything throughout the school year. Like, no, there was, a, there was a film class, which I took film class, but they wouldn't let me have like a film club. I wanted a club like they show in this movie where it's just a bunch of people getting together and talking about movies. Okay. Like, what's the big... Like, I don't understand why we couldn't do that. I'll bet you anything there's a fucking film club there now. Oh, there's film clubs everywhere. I'm talking about in my high school. Oh, probably. I know my high school had that, so that's why I'm like, really, yours didn't? So, Gail convinces the nerdy high school kids to team up with her to video up everything on one condition. That Sydney shows up in in the film club. Yes. Not her. Sydney. Yes, because it'd be even better to have Sydney there. Yeah. That nope. is Macaulay Culkin's brother. Yes, it is. Huh. <laughs> now that I see him up close and cursing. Yeah, they look a lot alike. They do. He just looks cuter. Well, yeah. 
I don't know what happened to Macaulay Culkin, though. I mean, he's hot. So then they cut to Sydney in the hospital where she's okay with her little stitch, nothing. With her little phase. Yes, nothing big, nothing major at all. And then we see uh, her assistant comes in and talks about how she needs to go on to her next tour date or some shit. She's like, I'm not leaving. Like, my family is in danger. And she's basically saying, you need to do this. Well, she she said you have to do it, but she said once they lift up, you can go on travel. I got it. She had her on The View, on um, Ellen. And Sydney just says, you're fired. Yep. And I'm so happy she does that because she's such a snotty little bitch. Yes, I know her from some TV show. I can't we have to look her up, but I think I think I know her too. But uh, she, her death scene is a lot of fun too. Her death scene irritated the fuck out of me. Okay, well, first of all, well, well, it's the next scene, so let's talk yes. about it. First of all, her death scene when she's now my my first thing is this. Oh, you went, went way too far. Too far. <laughs> you just want to get this over with. Oh, whatever. No, well, we're in the car now. My first scene is okay. First of all. I that the elevator alone by itself scares the fuck out of me, so I wouldn't even get on the elevator as is because it just looks scary. And I, like, you know what? Just really quickly off topic, I went to somebody's house to do another podcast, and um, he lives in an apartment that has an elevator, and I didn't know how to use the elevator because it didn't have an up and down <laughs> button. What do you mean it didn't? It didn't. It had this thing that didn't even look like a button. And I literally had to call him. I'm like, how the hell do I get to you? Like, And when the elevator door opened, I was like, I don't want to get on that thing. It looked like it was about to, like, just yeah. fall. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, like, so when she gets in the elevator, like, it, all of the whole entire scene, like, she's irritated. She storms off, like, fine, you got me fired. And it's like... It's a the, very cliched scene, I will say that. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's in a parking garage. It's something we've seen before. But... I don't know what it is. I enjoy this death scene. And I like what what the killer does with her body afterwards. Yeah. Now I will admit I like that. But I think what it was is that, like, she gets the phone call. She When she gets off the elevator, she can't find, like, right now, I assume the killer was going to show. Like, if she's on the elevator and the lights start to blink. I'd be freaking So out I'm too. thinking that the killer's going to pop up when the light comes on and be behind her. Or come down from the ceiling. Yeah. Like, that's from another movie. I'm sure it is. But Come up with something saying. original. So she's, so she's just talking shit about how Sydney's going to get over and he's gonna, she's going to call her and all this other stuff. And she's thinking. She also tells the person who calls that she's still representing Sydney. Yeah. She was just fired. And because he calls, her cell phone rings and he says, can I speak to Sydney? And, and then she, she lies to him and says that she's busy or some yeah, shit. Yeah, and she's still in the hospital. Which technically she is. Quote, yeah, quote. but I just find it funny that she's like lying to somebody even though she's not even, make, like she doesn't work for her anymore. But she, in her mind, says Sydney's going to get over it and call her back. That's true. So when she gets this phone call and he's like, well, you're my message to Sydney. And I get it. Like, when she runs to her car, first of all, she can't start a car because I guess he ripped up the wire so her car can't start. At least it was that instead of just getting in the car and doesn't start because it's a horror movie. And I give you that. Now, first of all, the first thing is, of course, she runs to the car. She drops her keys. Of course. That's a given. Yeah. I was going to happen. She gets in the car. She drops her keys. But she doesn't fall down. No, she does not (laughs) fall down. She drops her keys. So then on top of that, after all that happens, she's in the car. Yeah. She locks the door. Yeah. She drops her keys. The car won't start. Yep. Then he disappears. Okay. What the fuck you get out of the car? Set the alarm off in the car. Oh, she gets out of the car, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, she literally gets out the car. Because, hold on, because she's white. I, I agree. Because <laughs> if it was me, I Because the first thing I'm going to do is be like, where did that guy go? I better go look. Like, then I'm talking about the bitch has a phone. You know what's funny is I want to see a horror movie, a slasher movie, like, now, where, where, um... Where, uh, you know, people always drop their keys and shit. If I drop my keys, I can still start my car as long as the key is in the car. Like, because you got the push start, right? I want to see a horror movie like that. 
Like, how do you get... You know how horror movies nowadays, like, everyone has cell phones, so they have to get around that. And the way you get around that is by, oh, I don't have any service. How do you get around the push start? You have to drop your keys outside your car and then get in the car. Not really, because oh. even outside of the car, you can still push start it. But you're not going to get very far. Actually, you can't. I, and I found that out. The well, on my car, I, like when I okay, so when I get home, I push, I, I fold my one mirror in so I can pull into the garage, mm-hmm. and I have to get out. And when I get out, my car doesn't turn off, but it does say that I can't detect the key. Yeah. So I'm assuming that what what can you drive half a mile? You're not going to get very far. You can drive at least three miles. I don't believe that. I'm gonna tell you, the reason why is because my father has a push start car, and I took my mom to the boat. She took the key with her, and I drove back to the house, and the car never I, I just don't believe that. I, I'm going to try. I should try that with my car, but I really don't believe like, that. Like, I think that it'll stay on for a certain amount of time, and then it may turn off. I'm not going to say it's not going to cut off, but I think it's more of a timing thing than it does with distance-wise. I think that after a certain amount of time, it's going to automatically turn off. Well, anyway, next up on automotive today. <laughs> so, of course, she gets her dumbass out of the car. Then she even looks up under the car. Like, are you kidding me? Like, all this time she wastes looking around. If you go get out the car, at least just was, take off. There was no reason for her to get out of the car? No. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch this movie. Um. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've seen the movie enough. I just, I, there was no reason for her to get out of the car? Like, so then she said the alarm starts to go off. No, wait. There was really no reason for her no, to get out of the car? No, there was none. She didn't drop something she no. needed? She unlocked the car door and got out because she couldn't, her car wouldn't start. Oh, well, there you go. Why would you sit in the car? You're going to get killed. If the killer breaks into the window, you have nowhere to go. At least in the parking garage, you can run away. Yeah, run away to a doorknob that's going to break off. Because I'm just saying that if you stay in the car, you're going to die. And then how he runs up on her and kills her, though? Yeah. It was sort of weird to me. Why, she gets stabbed in the stomach? No, but how he runs to oh, her. Oh, I love was, that. <laughs> that was funny as hell. And then we, we go to the press conference scene in front of the hospital. Yes, which is also crazy because Dewey's trying to say we have everything under control. And then Gail comes and asks him a question. And um, this was actually the very first uh, still from the movie that I saw when they were like releasing stuff about the movie was mm-hmm. her body. Yeah, like I love how Gail turns up and asks ask the question. Oh, we can't answer the question. He's like, Gail, talk about this later. Yes, because she she says something like it's all over the internet. He's like, it is. Yeah, and he's like, huh? But then I love, I I do love the scene how he tosses her body off the um, roof. Yeah, he just throws it off of the roof onto the uh, news the news van. And I love that. How do we scream? And I love it. Like, he sends everybody upstairs to go... And I don't understand how this guy manages to get away so quickly. How, I does, know he ever, how does he ever do it in every movie that it happens? In fact, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there is one instance in one of the movies where I don't think it's actually physically possible for anything like that to happen, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey, never say never. You never know. Yeah, Justin Bieber. Hey, I have the movie. I bet you do. So this is when Gail says, "You, when you're ready to get on Team Gail again, you can talk to me. Yeah. That's what she has to tell you. Yeah, you do that, bitch. Yes. That yeah, motherfucking order. <laughs> and then she tells she tells other reporters to move out of the way, you fakers don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, because she's the real yes. news reporter. She is. So then we cut to the wonderful scene in the cinema club. Which I just find funny. They have a fucking banner. Which, by the way, Hills Have Eyes, I was also directed by uh, Wes Craven. Just wanted to throw that out there. That's yeah. the first poster you see in the walls. The hills have eyes. So then they discuss about what the upgraded. Oh, and version. apparently, Cinema Club's only about horror movies too. Yeah, because that's the only thing they have all over the wall. And 
Why do they have that all over the wall? Because it's Woodsboro. Yeah, but but the thing is, is like when you when I was in a club in school, you just were in a classroom, which is what they're in. But they have posters all. What do they go in there every day when they have cinema club and put those posters on the wall? Well, we had special like at least at my school they had a special room that was just a cinema room which they had all the shit in. And they had oh okay, I guess classroom. you're right. It could be like the film classroom. Because yeah. if you look around, that's what they have a lot. But in there. but they love horror movies. Goddamn! Apparently, no other movies exist. Yeah, so then they talk about what would happen in this sequel because of all the other sequels and. Yes, and I like this. And this is they talk about how it would be more like a reboot. So they're in there, and of course they talk about how the new plot is going to be, and how right now the new killer would do everything over the internet so they can post it on the internet so everybody can see the murders. Which is weird to me. I don't but know if that, would, if that would really be the thing that people I think it, would... Well, back in, that's when the internet was sort of really big and webcamming was sort of big, so I think so. It still is. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when Gail tries to convince them, oh, there must be a party tonight. By the way, there's also a great scene, and I just like the way that Hayden Panatera's face looks when she does this, but... Um, Sydney doesn't really get what she's talking about when she, when they're like, oh, they'd be doing it over the internet, blah, 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 blah. And she's, he's got the camera, and then she pulls out her phone to show her that it's live right now. And just she just does this, and the look on her face is just stone cold. Like, just, bitch, look. And then she's just like, she does this, and what I love is she does this. And then just kind of turns back and starts watching it herself. I don't know what it is about that. It just, I just like that part. Yeah, so then we cut to back to Jill and Sydney in the house, and they talk about, she talks about how she's in jail and how stuff isn't fair. Because she's a teenager and she needs to have attention. So Sydney says, Well, people, she's like, Don't you ever get to know when people tell you they know how you feel? Well, I can actually tell you I know how, I, how you feel. Because I've done this three fucking times. Yes. You weren't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So then they cut down. Where are we at? Uh, they cut to the wonderful horror Ah, uh, yes, the Stabathon, which they mentioned earlier in the movie. So all the teenagers get together once a year in an undisclosed location to watch all seven Stab movies. Which, by the way, if those movies were an hour and a half long, that'd be a long fucking night. They, it's not. The movie's playing in the background. They're getting drunk and just hanging out. I know, out. but that would still be a long night. Seven movies? That's a long fucking time. I watched eight movies once in one day, and that was the entire fucking day. So, yes, and then Gail sneaks in and places cameras all throughout the place yeah. to try and videotape it. Because like she's going to catch the killer. So, yes. So, she does all the wonderful cameras. And I do like the fact that, um, you're not going to understand this, but... Um, when they show the uh, beginning of Stab 1, which we saw in the beginning of Scream 2, um, it says a film by Robert Rodriguez, and Robert Rodriguez is a famous filmmaker, and he actually did direct those scenes for Scream 2. So, people who listen to this podcast will appreciate that. I hope you guys appreciate it. He's very, very helpful at times. And that's, uh, what's-her-face, Heather Graham? Yeah, so... So then they cut around to her being at the party, and what is Dewey doing? They're also in a, a barn. I just want to point that out. That's where they're having their their stabathon. Oh, because she finds out that that's where Gail is. Yeah. Because Gail goes in and sees that the killer's there, and lo and behold, Gail gets attacked by the killer, who stabs her a couple times. Which everyone thought she was going to die in that scene because of the way they they portray it because he comes running he comes running at her with the knife and 
And then I even think she's on the ground and she's like, if you're going to kill me, kill me or something like that. And then uh, Dewey shows up. Yeah, of course she doesn't die. Which we'll get into that later when I, we talk about the end of the movie. Yes. So then we cut to get Dewey finds Gail and he rushes her to the hospital. Uh, and then we get the scene that everyone hates. Why do we have run hate this? Okay, scene? so the scene is the two deputies, Anthony Anderson and not Anthony Anderson, are sitting outside and they're talking and they're going to do the perimeter. They're going to go do like a perimeter or whatever um, of the house to see what's what's up. And it's full of like movie cliches. Like he gets out, he's like, "I'll be right back." He's like, "Wait, I know this one. I'm not supposed to say that, right?" And to me, I don't really like that because it's almost like they're trying to force the references from the first movie like so the first movie they have the whole thing where it's just like oh what are the the rules of a horror movie and you never say uh, I'll be right back because you won't be back that seemed a lot more natural than the whole I'll be right back wait I know that's what I'm supposed to say it just seems like it it seems like they're truly trying to push that but besides that um, people don't like this uh, scene because of the the way Anthony Anderson is killed and the way that he keeps walking and talking after he's stabbed. So he gets stabbed in the fucking forehead, if I remember correctly, and the knife is in his head, and he walks several feet, falls to his knees, and then says fuck fuck Bruce Willis, and then dies. Why does he say... Because the, they're, they're talking about Bruce Willis earlier in the scene and how... Um, Actually, I really don't. He, the knife is not in his head. Though. Oh, it's not. Okay, but he gets stabbed, and he the knife's pulled out, and he's this is like gushing blood from his forehead, and then he falls to his knees and says, "Fuck Bruce Willis," and dies. So the, the reason that people, um, the people, the reason that people don't like the scene is because um, how he dies is so bogus. Well, no, because because a lot of people were just like, "There's no way that he'd be able to walk," and. Uh, and talk like that. And what was really funny is I think it was Wes Craven who came out and said that there was a case of somebody getting stabbed in the head like that, and they were able to walk several feet before finally, you know, falling down and dying. So it is possible. It's medically possible. Yes. So then we cut to the scene with Sydney. Is this where her aunt is killed? Yes. Okay. So you had something to say about this scene, didn't you? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Because in the scene, like, she, Sydney helps, her aunt's helping him because the killer's there to try and kill him, and... So she's helping the killer? Right. Well, no, they, you know, <laughs> so they're trying to stop, so Sydney, they're blocking the door from the killer to come in the house to kill him. The killer, reckless, stabs her in the back of the head. Through the mail slot, which I love. But when she dies, the one thing she says is, tell Jill I'm sorry. Okay. Why would she need to apologize to her daughter? Maybe she. Okay, so I'm not. A, I'm not a mother. No, but this but is why let me, I say let me, there's hatred between them. There's an issue between. I don't them. think she's admitting that she had issues and she apologized ask, to her daughter. Let me ask you a question. Yes. You got something going on right now with your son. Yeah. If you were like, I don't know, stabbed, no. and you were still, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to apologize to him before he died. No, because I have no reason to apologize to him. Yeah. I'm put it like this. Steve. White people are different. There's no way. <laughs> oh, God. No, I'll put it like this. If I was a drunk or I was a drug addict and I got killed, I'm going to apologize to my child. Hmm. If you just got in trouble for being an ass, I'm not going to apologize because you got in trouble for being an ass. That I'm not. Like, it's a little bit different. I think, I honestly think that 
And then that, that the two of them are fighting, and maybe she was just saying, "Tell her I'm sorry because we were fighting." And plus, I don't remember what the last thing that was said between the two of them. Maybe it was something. I've only that, seen her in one scene. There was another scene with her. Yeah, there's I think three scenes with her. Okay, maybe I didn't know. I just know <clears throat> that her mom just seems like she's just she, she, she seemed like a drunk to me. That's I, the reason why I, I never got it. that, but maybe maybe so. I don't know. But the, so we also see Marley Shelton come in to, to try and save the day. And I think we skipped. Do we skip the scene where she talks about how they knew each other in high school? Yeah, that was way, way. Well, okay. That was in the way in the beginning. That's what when I she thought. Her boyfriend and our yeah. Jill's boyfriend in the room. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we met, we missed that. Yeah. It wasn't that important. It was just the red herring scene to make you think that she's the killer. Yeah, but even that scene when she popped up when Sydney was oh, yeah, the house sure. was another scene. So then you cut to the hospital with Gail and Dewey. Yep, she's and being taken in because she was stabbed or whatever yes. at the stabathon. <laughs> she was stabbed <laughs> at the stabathon. <laughs> and then she tells Dewey to make one promise to her. Kill that motherfucker. Yeah. Woo! Yes. And now and now Courtney Cox is out of the movie until the end. Yes, thank God. Yeah, I agree. So then we cut to okay. Kirby's house. This Your scene, favorite scene. This scene is one there's just one specific part in this scene that made me really angry. So I am a movie collector, a DVD, Blu-ray, and now 4K collector. And I know a lot of collectors, and collectors have Hundreds of movies, okay. sometimes thousands of movies. Okay, these people act like they're horror movie fans, fanatics, right? Mm-hmm. He gets up right here in this scene and he looks at this small shelf on the wall right above the TV and he's like, Wow, you have quite the collection here. But maybe it was, I think, because he started naming some of the movies. I'm like, and, and that's the thing is he starts naming, he, okay, by the way, and I was totally a nerd when I saw this movie the first time. Every time he asks a question, I answered it. I'm pretty sure he did. And I was right every time. And I'll tell you this, there's a part where, where he, where Kirby's in the phone a little bit later and he's asking all these questions. And one of them in the theater, I was like, that was arguable at best. Oh, and, God. and we'll get to that. You talked in the theater. During this movie, I'm sure I was pissing people off. I didn't care. Because one of the things that I, about Scream was when I saw the first Scream movie, I didn't get any of the references because I didn't watch horror movies. Okay. So in, that be- in the beginning when they're like, uh, who is the killer in Friday the 13th? And she said, Jason. He's like, no, that's wrong. Right. Because the killer in the first movie was his, his mother. And when when he was like, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. I was just like, what? That's not, what are you talking? Because I had never seen Friday the 13th. Okay. So... I was so happy that when I when I saw this movie, I got the references. I understood every single one of the references, and that was something I didn't get to do with any of the other Scream movies. Because even when I saw Scream Three, I wasn't well versed with horror movies yet by that point to really get the references. So when he's just like, "Oh, you have quite a collection," I'm like, "No, she doesn't. Like my collection is like thirty times bigger than that for for horror movies alone." I'm, I know I'm being a nerd, but like, it it bugs me when they're just like, "Well, this is quite a collection." No, it's not. That was like thirty movies. So, okay, well, back to the movie. So they're at Kirby's house, and they're talking about. Hold on. Another thing is that she's like, "Well, I can trivia you to death," and I'm like, "That's cool and everything, but there's no way a hot girl like that is a fucking nerd." I'm sorry. That's not true. I am sorry. I have never seen somebody that attractive okay, be a nerd. It is what? That's discrimination. I think you said determination. Discrimination. <laughs> I agree. It's not discrimination. You're I discriminate against pretty girls. They can't like movies. No, I didn't say that. I just said that most of the times with with nerdy girls like that, with with really nerdy girls, they're not that hot. I know one girl. That is, uh... Who cares? <laughs> I know one girl that's like that, but she I wouldn't say she's that 
And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to objectify women. It's just that when I don't know, I just don't buy Kirby as a nerd. I don't. I don't. I never <clears> viewed her as an athlete. I view her as a secret nerd. Like you yeah, have the pretty I get, girls that I get are that. secret nerds. I like get they that. They literally can get into that, like the nerdiness of the nerdy boys. I, I get that, but I don't know. It's really so, hard for me to look at Hayden Pantera and think, oh, she's a, she's into movies and she's a nerd. <laughs> I got you. So then they work it on. So they're at her house, and yes, and, Trevor shows up, yeah. and they're asking how Trevor got there. He said he was invited by Sydney because he sent her a text. Sydney said, "I didn't send you shit," and started looking for her phone. Well, actually, Jill. it's not there. Oh, Jill. Or somebody. It's not Sydney. No, it's Jill. It's yeah, because I was right. like, Sydney's now. Why would yes. Sydney be texting Jill's friend? <laughs> so, Jill. Come on claims, over. I'm I'm totally a sex predator. Yes. So, Jill claims she never sent it, so she goes searching for her phone, quote unquote, and she disappears throughout these. What things. are you trying to say? It's just getting a little. It, the end starts to get really fucking predictable. See, not me. Except not for the for only me. thing that got me that I will admit that I because I was still on Trevor. Like I, my mind is still Trevor. The, the only thing that I said to myself was it's not Trevor because that would be so obvious. And then I was like, it's not going to be one of the film nerds either because that was the other obvious I think, choice. I know. I figured it wasn't because Robbie got drunk as hell. Robbie was drunk. And then he, and he admits that he's gay. Yeah, which, which that's, that's only because of what he said in the in the thing. He said gay people don't get killed. Yeah, well, so I, I get that. Really gay. I, I get that because gay. there's a which movie was that? Oh, it was the first one where Randy gets shot, and then at the end he's just like, I've never been so happy to be a virgin. And then later on, when he gets killed, and he makes that video before he gets killed. He's like, he's like, I probably shouldn't have lost my virginity to so and so, and. Like they keep bringing that back because that's one of the that's one of the rules. Virgins don't get killed. Yes, virgins and gays. Apparently. Yes. So, Robbie's walking around drunk. He's drunk as shit. Yeah. And they're watching stab six, seven, seven, whatever. Yeah. So this is when Kirby and I will say Macaulay this though. Look alike. I will say this though. She picks up the case to look at it. And that's totally something I do all the time. Like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. But I'm just I, looking at the back. I love how she was like, this is that time where you sort of can whisper, lean in and whisper something like yeah. What the fuck? Where was this girl when I was in high school? I mean, well, where the fuck is his mind at? Because he's still like, Here's well, the you thing. Know, if, you if she, something too. If, she had, if, if I was in this situation and she was like, this is when you'd make a move. Right then and there, I'd be like, fuck this movie. This is Hayden Pantera. Well, that's Hayden, but the, but even though his comeback is, you can do the same thing, it's, too. That's a good point. Coming from a guy who has a hard time talking to women, that's a very good point. And then right here, this scene, I was for sure, it was like, because when Trevor comes in and interrupts his kissing scene with her, I was like, okay, he's just going to fucking kill me just for that shit. Because he was so pissed. He threw a little hissy fit. Well, of course I thought it was he cute. He was a little bitch. But I feel like, no, I feel like, honestly, he was pissed off in general. Like, because... Once we get to the scene, it makes sense on his And then he comes too. and he's like, I love this movie. Get out of here. Yes. Now get the fuck out. Like, he has this fit. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Why are you And they're both pissed off. And I love that Kirby's like, who even invited you, Trevor? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, get the fuck out of my house. I love that. I just, look at her. Look at that anger. <laughs> they can't see her making her angry face. So he says, she sends Trevor upstairs to go look for Jill. After he's like, really? You and him? Really? And laughs about it and walks away. But who gives a shit? Like... So then we want deal back to Robbie and his drunken self running through the thing. And he's got the camera on backwards. Yes, which he doesn't realize until he gets Because he's there. drunk. Which I find like he's like... Because he's going to look at his I, own live stream. Yes. I'd do the same thing if I was doing it. And then I was trying to figure... Because I know he's looking at his live stream on the phone. <coughs> Does he see... I couldn't see what he saw. He's seen what's behind him. Right. 
But I was trying to figure out, did he see something different? No, he just saw the fact that he's not seeing the door, because he's looking at the door, so he should be seeing what he's looking at. So then he turns on his camera, and he sees that, and the door opens, and this is just the killer. That's so fucking great. And how he kills him is just crazy. And then he's just like, wait, wait, I'm I'm a virgin. virgin. Wait, I'm gay. Oh, it's almost like what Kevin Spacey did. Oh. Because he said that he was gay to get people to forget that he molested somebody. Oh. It's exactly what he did. Oh. He just kill him. Yep. Uh-oh. So he's dead. And we got uh, Hottie McCotty here. Kirby. I, I don't understand. Well, I want to know her real name. Kirby. Like, her mom really named her Kirby? Why would? Why? That's. I mean, it's not a common name. It's but a I fucking see- vacuum. It's also a fucking video game. So I'm going to name my kid after a video game in a vacuum? I want to name my kid after a cartoon character. It's a cartoon character. It's the same thing. No, it's not. Whatever. It's a character. Now I'm going to name my so daughter So now, recklessly, Jill comes down I would, the stairs. I, I, would, I would name my daughter Kirby. That's a cute name. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Jill comes down the stairs saying, well, where's Trevor? Trevor was upstairs with you. And she's like, I don't know. Trevor's not upstairs. How is it that Done, done, done. I think it's now it's becoming obvious. Now it's becoming very <laughs> obvious. And I'm just like, okay. And then I'm like, okay. I, well, they open the door, and there's Sydney. Sydney's like, you need to come with me now. But of course, when she turns around, who's there? Nobody. The kill. No, killer boy, Robbie, bleeding, and tells them, run. I think that would have been good if it was just the killer casually walking up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just, somehow he runs and he's able to get through the door. I love how Sydney just kicks his ass, though. Well, that's because she's, and damn, he just fucking jumps backwards off the stairs. <laughs> So they lock themselves in in the in I, what I assume Which is Kirby's I understand. How room. How they manage to split? Oh, she has a poster of Tremors. That's totally something that a teenage girl would have a poster of in 2011. Well, Kirby likes scary movies. 2011. She likes scary. 2011. Movies. So she tells Sydney they run upstairs to Kirby's room and Sydney tells her to go down, hide up under the bed, and she fakes like. And she, I like this because she looks over the the balcony or whatever, and she's like, "Just go, run, go get help." And it to, it's totally believable. If you didn't know she was under the bed, yeah. you would think that she got down and she's yeah. telling her to run off. Which and, I, mean, and I like that. And I love the fact that she managed. She calls Dewey and tells Dewey what's going on. And she's like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm being chased by Ghostface again. Yes. And he's just like, what else is new? Yes. So she calls Dewey and tells him to come. All and she's over trying the place. to break and get in, she's trying to break back <laughs> into the house. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm coming, all units. And then he manages to Damn. stab her. Did he stab her or just clothesline her? I, I think I think he just clo- I think he put out his arm and knocked her over. Okay. So yeah. I really get bored with scenes where there's a chase scene on a roof. Like, it, I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, okay, I'm bored. Because, yeah, you know, it's predictable. Somebody's going to fall off the roof and get up a wall. Like in Halloween 4, that's, oh a really, that's a really famous scene but from I Halloween 4. But I loved it when Jamie Lee Curtis did that shit to him. That was the best scene ever. It's a different movie. I know, but I'm <laughs> saying on Halloween, the last movie, it was awesome. Yeah, you got a hard-on for that movie. I don't think Michael, Michael Torres is going to get hard. By the way... Okay. Really quickly, speaking about hard on, um, when I was younger and I saw Scream 2, there's a scene in Scream 2 where they're talking about um, sequels. Mm-hmm. And the one character names two movies that James Cameron directed. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar has a line. She's like, You've got a hard on for Cameron. And when I was a kid, I didn't know what a hard on was. So I thought she said, You have a heart on. 
Oh Lord. Okay. Think, thinking that that you you're in love with <laughs> yeah. with him, and I for the longest time I thought that's what the fuck it, the saying was. Now, so the scene after Sydney gets back into the house, okay, Kirby this finds is the, her. This is the scene. And so this scene is in the trailer, and I really like this scene because I have to hand it to Hayden Pantera that she fucking names almost every single remake that's ever been made of a horror movie. Yeah, that is sort of awesome. And doesn't does doesn't fuck it up. But I like how Sydney's like, "Don't open that door if you can't trust him." Yeah, but and what? Like, but but I like this scene because this is the scene where she's got the phone and the killer's yes. talking to her, and he's like doing the trivia. And she lost one question. What question? Was and it was the one that I said it was arguable. Because they, he said, "What's the what was the what was considered the first slasher movie?" And she says, "Psycho." And there's a movie called Peeping Tom that came out the same year as Psycho, and that's what pe- that's what people actually say is the first slasher film. But I've seen Peeping Tom, and I don't know how the hell that's considered a slasher movie. It came out, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, internet, but it came out, I believe, exactly a month before Psycho. Okay. So people consider Peeping Tom to be the first slasher movie, but I say that's arguable at best because I don't think it's a slasher movie. Okay. Because they in the movie he says that's the first movie where it showed the uh, it showed it from the perspective of the killer, and I was just like, so that's not what a slasher movie is. So was he killing people with a knife or something that slashes? That's what makes it a slasher movie. <laughs> so she goes through the wonderful trivia questions, which I got all of them right. Oh, wow. Who was that? <laughs> and I love the way she does it. I love how she does the questions and everything as Sydney is walking around with a knife looking for the killer. And I like what happens after she goes outside because I wasn't expecting this. I, I wasn't, but I... But it I makes will, sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And I loved his statement to her. I do, oh, okay, so he she answers all the questions and she's like, I won. So she goes outside really stupid. Yes. And she frees... This is, by the way, this is uh, Karen Culkin that's tied to the chair and she goes outside and she like frees him and everything like that and as she's doing that he has a knife and just fucking stabs her in the stomach he said fucking how many years of being a school student now you just fucking notice me okay here's the thing being from somebody who has yearned for people and stuff like that if the if the girl that i was in love with for years made a move i would not be angry yeah. about how long it took I would be grateful that it happened. Exactly. So I, I feel like this is a false representation of guys that are shy to talk to one. Not necessarily because I think the truth is he was in love with Jill. I, I get that too. But yeah. I'm sorry. Jill, Kirby. Yeah, I'm sorry. I would go for her real, real quick. I, I, I and I don't like girls with super short hair like that, but damn, she's sexy. Yeah, so, well, she, she could be bald and so she'd Sydney be sexy. So Sydney goes upstairs to look for Jill where she left her in the bedroom, but Jill is not there. Wow, I wonder where she is. So Could it be that she's the killer? I don't know, maybe. Spoilers! <laughs> like, so as Kirby's untying, Macaulay Culkin look alike. We already did this. Yeah, right. but I, I love how he stabs her. He stabs her cold-heartedly. Because you don't even see that he has a knife. Like it's there, but you don't. You're not paying attention to yeah. that. The yeah. first time I watched it, I did not even see that. And I love the shit that she tells him. Like she starts cursing him out as he's stabbing her. Well, why wouldn't you? You're about to die. <laughs> yeah, but it's like she gets angry. Like she's the angry dying. Like you motherfucker. Poor Kirby. I think it would have been cool if she was the killer. I don't think so. Uh, I think it would have been. Uh, me. She she's too ballsy. Because then she, then they could have been like, of course you didn't know anything about horror movies. <laughs> So yeah, so he kills her and they go in the house and Sydney's looking for Jill, we can't find her and miraculously ends up in a chokehold by Macaulay Culkin's like. 
Colky. Colky. We'll call him Colky. Because she notices, she hears noises and doesn't know why she hears noises. She doesn't know why she hears noises. <laughs> she calls for Jill and Jill's not there. Oh, God! Colky has her by the neck. And then you're like, oh, my God, it was the film nerd? Yes. The most obvious person it could be? Yes, and she's trying to fight him off who can. And she does fight him off, of course, because he doesn't know what to do. But I'll tell you this. I, looking at it now, yes, of course. But Gosh. I did not see Jill being the I didn't other killer. It took me a minute to realize it was Jill. And I was just like, really? And then the reasoning why fucking was stupid. Okay, so here, here, let's get into this now. So the reason that they are doing this is because she wants the attention that Sydney got. So she's trying to recreate the first movie. So she's trying to recreate... The murders, who survived, who doesn't, so on and yes, so forth. and videotape everything. Right. So here's the thing. This is actually why the movie disappointed me. Because when I saw this, I'm just like, that is kind of a stupid ending. It wasn't big and flashy. It wasn't, um, even the, like the opening wasn't that great. The, the movie itself was okay. And then it gets to this, and you're just like, this is kind of stupid. The more I thought about it, though, that is, it's- I do enjoy this ending. I do like the fact, because... Okay, so you look at the first three Scream movies, and they're all about being self, self-aware self horror movies that know they're horror movies, and they have rules for the first movie. They have rules for a sequel. They have rules for a trilogy. So then this movie comes around. What's real popular in 2011? Remakes. So it totally made sense for this movie to be about somebody wanting to remake the first movie. I can give you that. I and, I, and I like the fact that they did this. I will say this much. Kind of an idea that I had already for a movie that I had years ago. Um, I didn't just want to throw that out there, but so Jill shoots Trevor in the, in dick, the dick for cheating on her. And I'll, I'll, I got to hand it to this actor; I totally buy that he was shot in the dick. But then she shoots him in the head. Yes. Yeah, so he only has to suffer through that for a, second. a minute. I would have let that man sit there and bleed. He didn't do anything wrong. He cheated on her. That's enough to shoot somebody in the dick. That's why she shot him in the dick. That's good for cheating on me. This is why there's a lot of women in prison. Lorena Bobbitt ain't in prison. She was. But she's out. So? And married. She didn't murder him. She cut off his dick. Yeah, but she didn't murder him. Yes, but she should just... just Stop trying to make the women the the right people in this situation, right? (laughs) Okay. So they show the wonderful murders, and they talk... They, of course... Which is, which is once again off of the first movie, where let's okay, come on, stab me. And I like this though because yes, they're they're talking about how we're gonna stab each other just like Randy and or I mean Billy and Stu did, but then she stabs him right in the heart. Yes. Like not not even like at least with with Billy and Stu like. He stabbed him around in the chest and stuff like that, and then he kind of bled to, well, started bleeding to death. In this movie, she doesn't even do that. She just stabbed him right in the heart immediately. And he's even just like, the heart? And I love that. I love that she's... What did you think was going to happen? We're just like them, remember? I like like how vicious she is. I don't really like Emma Roberts, because she always plays a spoiled rich bitch. But in this movie, I totally buy her as, like, a fucking psycho. I view her as a psycho. I'll give you that. (laughs) Because even like how she killed, like how she keeps stabbing Sydney. That was for sure Sydney was dead. And we'll get to that in a few in a few minutes. Like because they already stabbed her once, and now it's okay. Stab me. And it was funny to me too, though. I was laughing at that shit. So then, what? 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 She keeps stabbing her, right? Well, what is she? Is that? Does she get shot? I can't remember. No, she doesn't shoot herself. She stabs herself. No, I'm talking about 
um, her to Sydney. What happens to Sydney that makes her get like unconscious? I can't remember. She stabs her again. Okay, so we get to that point, and then she, Jill, decides that she needs to make it look like she's been attacked. And I love this. This is a scene How that she I scratches her face. I, this is a scene that a lot of people I've read didn't like either. But I love the fact that she just beats the shit out of herself. She rips her hair out. She scratches her face. She runs full on into a wall. With a glass frame. Then the best part is she jumps in the air onto a glass table, like onto her back. See, I don't remember all that. Well, it happens. Uh, okay, I believe you. She does a lot to kill herself. She doesn't kill herself. She just wants oh, to make it look like she was attacked. And then she drags herself and lays next to Sydney. Oh, wow. So, let's jump forward. So, they take them to the hospital. And... <clears throat> Um, you're gonna have to go a lot faster than that. I know that. I just wanted to see everything you were okay. She beats the shit out of herself. So they take her to the hospital, her and Sydney. Yes. As they see all the death. Yep. And and she wakes up with all these cameras yep. and stuff. In she her face. she got what she wanted. She wanted the fame and Everything, because she thinks that she's killed Sydney, so she thinks she's the only survivor at this yes. point. And then Dewey comes in. Yep, she's in the hospital, and Dewey comes in and mentions that, oh, good news, Sydney's going to make it. She's in ICU. Yeah. So then Dewey, and she gets, she fakes and says, I want to go see her, and he said, not yet. Wait, hold on. She also says something about Gail <laughs> and saying that she has matching wounds. Scars, and they want to be um, book things. Yeah. Which, right there... Because Dewey's slow, I guess I couldn't catch on to him with that. Yeah, but why? I I didn't catch it either when I, I saw the movie. I in the hospital after getting fucking killed, and I'm talking about a fucking book deal. Well, no, not that part. I'm talking about the the thing where she's like, we have matching wounds. Why yeah. would she know that? Well, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to that because I didn't even realize she was stabbed in the um, arm. So she gets up and she's like, I gotta go make sure Sydney's dead because yeah. if she's not, she's gonna tell everybody that I'm the yes. one who killed everyone. So, but, so Dewey goes and talks to Gail and tells her what Jill just said yep. about how they have matching scars and stuff like that. And she's like, How did she know I was I was shot or stabbed or whatever? Yes. And Dewey says, Oh God! And takes off running. He's he, he's all of a sudden he's like, Oh shit! Yes. She's the killer. So. This is this is a great scene. I will listen. I, I do admit that she's on. She's on Nev Campbell. She tries to kill Nev Campbell, so Nev Campbell starts to beat the crap out of her. And that fucking scene, Nian and her stitches and yeah. shit. I was like, oh my god. But okay, so let's. How long have we been recording? This is long. Okay, so let's zip through this. So there's. Um, so we get a fight between Jill and um, Sydney and. Dewey comes running in. Yeah, Dewey he, comes running in and he something happens to she him. She beats him up with a bedpan. Yeah, she... Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she beats him up with a bedpan. She, yeah, she, he gets fucked up with that bedpan. So then, as she's about to kill... She gets Dewey's gun and she's about to kill um, Sydney. And Gail comes in. So she's, shooting the, she's um, aiming the gun at Gail. And that's when the blonde deputy comes in yep. and knocks Gail over behind the bed. And doesn't she get shot? Yeah, she gets yeah. shot. Because she asked the girl for her gun. And she gets shot. And that's when Gail stands up. And after she shoots the deputy lady, then Gail stands up. And as Gail's standing up, Sydney miraculously has the power to turn on the... Which, this is such a great... Whatever this, the machine is. Defibrillator. Defibrillator. I, I love this because... And she's like, I just have one word to say. Can I say one thing? Can I say one thing? Clear. Clear. <laughs> and she just puts it on each side of her head, which I think, honestly, I'm not a doctor, but I think that would have killed somebody immediately. I don't think she had it at full strength, though. But electricity going through your head like that, I think, would kill you. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
Now, it, this is this scene has probably one of the greatest quotes ever, and it's actually in the opening to the remake mistake, which is the other podcast on wolfbanebloomscom and that's uh, you forgot the first rule of remakes, Jill. Don't fuck with the original. Yes, and I love that because it applies to the scene, and it also is true. Don't fuck with the original. I will admit to that because when she made that statement, I was like, yes, don't fuck with the original. Yeah. But she's still alive. Yes, of course. So she grabs a piece of bro- broken glass to attack uh, Sydney. Sydney. Which makes no sense why? to me. I guess because she's psychotic. Why not? And then she gets shot in the heart. Yes. She said something to her, too. I don't I don't think it's... Who cares? I don't so know. she... But what's what I love about the end of the movie is that... Uh, this was right there. She's like, I thought you got shot. You're still fucking alive. <laughs> She's like, go nowhere without my vest. Uh, that's the blonde deputy. Yes. Again, we have to explain what we're looking at. And she passes out again. Um, but I like the end of the movie because she's, they, it's just all the reporters talking about how she's Jill's the hero and this and that. And she's actually the killer. The killer. And that's the end of the movie. Yes. So let me talk about the one thing that kind of bothered me about this movie. <clears throat> Stop giving me that look. They don't even see my fucking look. So just, where's the problem? It bothers me. What? I was very unhappy that they didn't kill off one or all of them of the original cast. Horrible. Because, like, everyone thought that somebody was... Everyone thought that Sydney was going to die in the third one. And we all thought that maybe Dewey was going to die in the third one, too. Then they get we get this fourth movie. We're like, all right, Sydney, and it was supposed to be the beginning of a new trilogy. So I was absolutely like, Sydney's going to die, or all of them are going to die because they're going to be passing the torch or some shit. And then they didn't even have the balls to kill one of them. They can't kill them all. Well, now we're not getting any more movies because this movie underperformed. But I just just kill one of them off. What's the big fucking deal? <laughs> You're such an ass. Like I'm, I'm actually, I actually like it when. A cast continues on to the next sequel, which is very rare in horror movies. So, Final Destination. No. The black man. He's Tony not- Todd. He's right. not a main character, though. He's not all of them, isn't well, fucking Robert Englund's in all the Night- Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about like, like a group of cast members. Okay. The main character. I was going to say Paranormal Activity, and I realized I'm not seeing people. That's, fuck those movies. Fucking family. Fuck those movies. Leave it alone. Fuck those movies. I like, well, I don't like all of them, so I'm not going to lie. I don't like found footage, so done and done. Anyway. You didn't like that one witch movie? Yeah, I like Blair Witch Project. It's the only one that I like. Why? Well, we can do a podcast episode about it. All I remember is the snot in the camera. Okay. That's it. Um... So overall, this movie was, it's grown on me over the years. I, I was disappointed when I first saw it. I didn't, I'm not going to say I didn't like it, but I was expecting more out of it. I got you. Um, I don't like, so Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, who wrote the movie, have a history of the studio interfering with their movies and then them filming it when the script's not finished. So they did that with Cursed. So Cursed had, they shot... Um, the movie, and then they said, "No, you need to go refilm seventy-five percent of the movie." That's just and stupid. it was it was refilmed to the point where there were actors that were completely so. Matthew Lillard, who played Stu in the first Scream, was the star of Cursed when they shot it the first time. 
Okay. Then they changed it so much that his character was cut out of the movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I would love to see that fucking 75% that I'm they, pretty sure it's somewhere. It, oh, God, I'm sure it's somewhere. It's just, is the studio going to release it? Probably not, but I'd love, to, I'd love to fucking see it. So that movie was also written by Kevin Williamson, and that movie got all fucked up. This movie was also written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Wes Craven, and the studio fucking stepped in and made them change a bunch of stuff. And they're filming it when the script's not done. So I don't think we got the movie we were supposed to get. And it's unfortunate that was Wes Craven's last movie. Really the last, last movie? Last, last movie. He died four years later. Mm. And he's my favorite director, so that was kind of disappointing that that was the last. But it was also kind of cool that, like, his biggest franchise was the last movie he directed. It is so awesome. So I, I like the fact that he didn't go out necessarily on some random stupid movie. Give me that. But it was definitely one of the, the weaker Scream movies. It wasn't the weakest. That would be the third one. But I got so you. it wasn't it wasn't fantastic, but I enjoy it enough, and it's grown on me. Wasn't that bad? Oh, really? Wasn't that bad? It was. You know what? It's a teeny bopper movie, I guess. So that's why, in a sense, for me, if you would have got me fifteen, twenty years ago, I would really be into the movie. I still like slasher. I mean, slasher movies are always. No, I be... like slasher movies. It's just something about the screen movie and the phone call thing. This is just for me at this. Well, moment. at this point, it's kind of stupid. Like when when she answers the phone in the beginning and it's like an actual phone. I was already like taken out. I was like, I don't, I don't buy this at all. Like, like who the hell has a landline anymore? And then, like that, and then like the vibrating of her phone was just so extremely loud to me. Well, of course it was. It's just supposed to make you. Un- I don't know. Those sidekick phones had a loud ass vibrator. Yeah, there's it's, just, it's something they exaggerate in a film to make you uneasy. That phone, I hated that phone. Okay, I used to want one. I don't know. It's just there's not enough black people. In that phone. No, there wasn't. Because when you, <laughs> so like I said, I I didn't watch the movie before this, but I did. I mean, I've seen the movie enough to be able to talk about it. But uh, when you were like, yeah, that black guy, I was like, there's a black person in this movie? I literally had to sit there and think, and I forgot about Anthony Anderson. And I think he's the only black he's person the in the movie. the only black person in the movie. I don't think they've... Let me think. No, the first one, I don't think it was had any black people in the first one. No, no I don't think so. They didn't. The second one had black people in it. Third one, in the first one. Third one had black, because Dion Richmond, oh man, I love him in that movie. I just love when he gets stabbed the first time. He's like, help, police! (laughs) (laughs) But he's smart enough to run out of the house. He's not, like, running up the stairs. He's like, get them... And he's... I just love that. He's like, help, police! (laughs) It just makes me laugh because he's in a house. Like, who the hell's going to hear you yelling that? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, there's a black person for you. We go call for the pop-up. Yeah, and then this one had one black person in it. Yes. So these movies are racist, I guess. Very much so. There's no Asian people in them either. See, it's always white and black. Nobody ever talks about Asians or Hispanics. I didn't see any Hispanic or Asian people in this movie either. I don't really see a lot of Hispanic or Asians in horror movies in yeah, general. I'm going to make a movie where it's all Asians. Well, you got to think, no, Ring, the Ring movie was going to be Asians. And it, that was a Japanese movie, though. You think it's going to be full of white people? No, but the, well, the ring itself was full of white people except for the thingy. The thingy? I forgot what it's called. <laughs> that movie scared the fuck out of me. You know, I didn't like that movie the first time I saw it. 
But then I watched it again recently, like in the last year or two, and I liked it a lot. But I've actually seen the Japanese version, too. Which I think is awesome. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. The only thing I remember about The Ring is The Ring 2 when they're driving through the forest, and he's like, just keep driving. That movie is so bad. Just keep driving. That movie is so bad that I did not go see the third one. I, well, you know what? It was? The only reason why I remember that movie is because literally... I went with someone to go see it, and we have to drive through the forest to get home. That that has and to be one of. Just I actually wrote an article about that four wolf bane blooms about the second one specifically about how bad that has got to be maybe the worst sequel I've ever seen in my life. Maybe. And I've seen some really really bad sequels, but there, there's a difference between being bad and good, being so bad it's good, and being bad. Okay. Like Silent Night Deadly Night Two is probably the worst sequel ever because it's. It's like seventy five percent of it is a flashback to the first movie, okay. but it's so stupid and so overacted and so just bad. It's so much fun to watch. Oh God! The Ring Two is just bad. It's not a good plot. It's got horrible CGI. Like some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I mean, it was such a movie. I was. I saw that movie. I went and bought it for like three dollars because I, I thought it was going to be good. And Ooh, then, and it was it was right before Rings came out, okay. and I was like, I'm gonna watch this, and I'm gonna go see Rings, and then I watched Ring Two, and it was so bad, I was like, fuck this, I don't even want to see the third one now. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I have ever that's ever. I'm a sequel whore. I will watch a se- I will watch any sequel. Yeah, I um, see that now. but I've never. I don't think I've ever watched a series of movies where I got to one and it was so bad. I was like, I don't want to watch any ones after this. And I still have not seen Rings. Okay, you gotta watch Rings. And though. it's been in my Hulu list forever. Watch it. And I'm never gonna watch it. No, watch it. Just try watching it tonight. No, I'm not gonna watch it tonight. I got 4K movies to watch tonight. Oh, Lord. Alright, so that's it. That's our review of Scream 4. Let's do our rating real quick. Four stars. I think I change it every fucking time because I can never remember. Yeah, you do. Okay, so it's up to four stars this time. No, we'll do five. Five. We'll do five? Yeah. Because I think that's what we did last time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, two and a half, three. Yeah, that's what I'd, I'd say. Two and a half. Yeah. Because it's it's a decent movie, um, but I, it's not great. No, like no. Yeah. But it's not bad either. No, it's it's not like as much as I it's. I think one thing is though, scary movies for me now are becoming. I need non predictable movies. I need some weird, crazy shit to happen. For me to truly be like, okay, that's an awesome. Well, you're not a fan of slasher movies. I am a fan of slasher. But slasher movies are very predictable. Very predictable. They, some of them are. Some of them, to me, it's not that. It's that it's too too predictable. Like with this one, the whole entire he was in the closet thing, too predictable for me. The whole entire like just certain things were a little bit like the ending was not predictable. So that's why I can say, okay, cool. Well, I think that the. The movie nerd being one of the killers was predictable, but at the same time, when I saw the trailer and I saw the movie the first time, I was like, "That's too obvious for that to be the killer." Yeah. That's why I did. That's why I didn't expect it. The fact that it was one of them and not both of them. Or... If it had been both of them, I think I would have walked out because yeah. that would have been the most predictable thing I, I just, in the movie. And I also, I just like, I like, I like the fact that Nev Candle fought back. I, those things, because the most to me, most slasher movies. Yeah, there are, women are the heroines. I'm not going to say they're not. But they're always up until finally someone becomes the heroine. 
at least throughout this whole entire movie, she was kicking some ass. If you really watch slasher movies, though, like one the ones with the female hero, like the female hero, okay, like uh, Halloween, a heroine like slasher movie, right? Let's yeah, but time. she fights back throughout the whole movie. But she's not fighting back like that. Yes, she is. She stabs him in the fucking neck with a, a sewing needle. So awesome. Like she she stabs him in the eye with a fucking hanger. Like, she is fighting back. Yeah, there's going to be scenes where she's not, and she's falling downstairs or trying to get away and stuff like that. But I think, honestly, anybody, male or female, in a real-life situation like that, you're going to fight back because it's, you know, survival. Yeah. But, yeah, you're going to fall downstairs and get, you know, cut and stuff like that because that's well, just the way it is. That to happen, but I need you to kick some ass. But she does. I really think that she does in Halloween. And... I'd say in the second one, she's she's more of a victim than than she is a, a hero. Okay. And even in H two O, I would say that too. I mean, yeah, at the end she Not gets the axe H2O. and shit. But with H two O, she is a victim throughout most of the movie because she is. She lives her life as a victim. Yes, and then until the end of the movie, and then she you know becomes the heroine, but. Um. Not everything is going to be 2018 Halloween. Like where where she's prepared and she is the fighter from the very yeah, beginning. I love that. I, 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 I don't like that. There's something about that that bothers me. And I don't know what... I think it's because the entire fucking movie is about her just waiting for it to happen. I put it, you know what? I don't think I can... That's the only reason why I could deal with her being the way that she was throughout that movie is because I know it was a sequel. I think that if it was not... Oh, yeah. If that was like a, a, a standalone movie... Yeah, I couldn't do it. That would have been... You would have been like, what the fuck is this bitch doing? Like... Yeah. So that's only why... Like, no derogatory like, sense of like, calling a woman a bitch. I just... Like, don't get me wrong, but I just need one of those... I need a horror movie that necessarily... You can overpower her and kick her ass, but she can kick your ass back. I think... I, mo- I think... I think... Honestly, I think most slasher films are that way. I but... I, like, if you take... I Know What You Did Last Summer. And you have is who's that Jennifer Love yeah. Hewitt that lasts throughout the whole entire yeah movie? I guess she's not really she's more of a victim throughout most of the movie like she does stand up but on her she own. does she does stand up on her own at the end like Sarah even, Michelle Gellar sure shit doesn't she gets fucked up and killed and yeah, bogusly. yeah yeah but even but even with the screen movies like Nev Campbell to me she played the victim throughout all of them except for maybe this one. I disagree I think she was definitely the victim in the first one but in the second one. She's trying to run away from it, yeah. In the second and third one, she's trying to run away from it. But I always looked at her as a strong female character in those I movies. Viewed her as strong. I, viewed, I viewed her as strong because, shit, she would, her mama was dead over some yeah. bullshit. Her daddy was dead over some bullshit. No, her dad, her dad just died between three and four. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't get murdered or he just dies. I thought he got murdered. No. Who did they pull off the closet? He's not dead. He's he's very much alive. And I think no, I thought he. He's I like taped he, up and shit, yeah. but he's alive. Oh, wait, no, that was nothing. What movie was that? I don't know. No. You give me. You you're like, hey, that movie with the guy in the messed up hair. What movie was that? You're supposed to fucking know. But what I know what I'm doing right now. It's fucking scary movie. I'm messing. I'm mixing. Yeah, but he up. doesn't die either. I know. But then I, I and then I repicture him standing up, and then he's talking about the cops are coming. And yeah, you got a leaky faucet. Yeah. Well, I just I need I plus I also like I need a black slasher movie. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. I need a black slasher movie. Like, yeah, and I don't know if they'll ever make one. No, because black people aren't that stupid. Black people are that stupid. No, they're not. Yes, they Did are. you see that scene in Scary Movie? Black Entertainment. White folks are dead. We getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> True. Yes, but Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh my God! You are not bringing that up as a legitimate <laughs> movie. Bones. 
I have not seen Bones. But you want to know something? You're naming movies that nobody remembers. No white people remember. Nobody remembers. No white people remember. Okay, white people aren't the only people around. Okay, if you, I bet you go ask a black person if they heard of Bones, they can be like, "That's Snoop Dogg." Get Actually, it. honestly, I wonder. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that on Monday. Okay. I'm going to come over and ask Amelia. Don't you tell her I'm going to do I it. I won't say nothing. <laughs> I know Amelia doesn't count. But, she's bougie. <laughs> but I really, I really want to ask somebody if, if they know what Bones is and see if they actually remember the movie or if they think of the TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's much more recent. So I don't I, think that, I don't think person. Bones would work. You need to ask a black person. I'm going to. I'll ask a bunch of black people. You don't even know that many black people. I know everyone who sits in the row you sit in. Oh, shit, he went there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Oh, James and Lisa aren't black. You could probably, uh, maybe ask Tanya. No. Maybe. Mm, Tiffany. Anyway, let's get off the subject. All right, so, yeah, two and a half from both of us, so that's about it. So, um, make sure you follow us on Twitter, even though I forget to update it all the time. And it's uh, at Another Night Pod. Make sure you check out uh, That Fat Guy Doesn't Know What He's Talking About. Yes, he doesn't. Um, and make sure you go to WolfbaneBlooms.com and check out the Remake Mistake and the other articles. I haven't written anything for that website in like a year, but hopefully one of these days I'll get around to it. And uh, make sure you check out our episode next month. Because it might be a little Christmas related. God save me. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Deuces!